Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, on 77 WABC, the crown jewel of American radio. It is Wednesday, December 22nd. Three more days, folks, will be Christmas 2021. Hoping you are enjoying all of the holiday cheer. WABC Talk Radio 77, James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, with you for the next hour. Uh, telephone number, if you want to be part of today's program, 800-848-WABC, 800-848-WABC. Again, numerically, 800-848-9222. And COVID is in the news. COVID is everywhere. Joe Biden says that COVID rapid test shortage is not the fault of his administration. This is from BizPack Review, um, because... The variant was such a surprise. Well, gee whiz, it, uh, uh, the COVID was a surprise. That didn't stop you, Joe Biden, from b- blaming Donald Trump every time you got a chance. COVID was a surprise for the entire nation. That didn't stop the left-wing media. It didn't dis- stop Democrats from politicizing it almost from day one. So you know what, President Biden, we really don't want to hear excuses about how none of this is your fault. What we'd like to know is, why more Americans died of COVID that you were going to fix? That's what you ran on. That Donald Trump was, after all, not the person to lead because he had made so many mistakes handling COVID, and you were going to come in riding the white horse from uh, from Delaware, and you were going to come in and fix everything because you knew how to bring back calmness to America. You knew, you said, how to be the grown-up. Well, we've had more deaths from COVID since you've been president, Mr. President. So if we apply the same standards that you did to President Trump, what does that make your presidency? And I don't want to hear any excuses about how this caught you off guard, you're surprised, blah, 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 blah. No excuses. Be a man and just own up to the fact that everything has gotten worse since you've been in office. And stop making excuses. The U.S. Army, this came as a surprise, has developed a vaccine to fight all of the COVID variants. That announcement came today. This is researchers over at the Walter Reed Army Institute of Research. They're expected to announce the one-stop shot in just a few weeks. They've been doing research for two years. So hopefully this is one where you won't have to take one, two, three, four, Five, six, seven, eight boosters, and you won't have to keep going back. Every time a new variant comes out, we wouldn't have to worry about it. Dr. Fauci, you heard him on the top of the hour, is back again. These people, the only thing that they have in their minds to do is vilify people that haven't been vaccinated. 
He says that Omnicrom is going to get you if you're not vaccinated. It's going to find you. It's going to find you. So he's targeting the unvaccinated again, saying that Omicron is going to get them. Well, Omicron, from what we understand, is a less lethal form of the illness. We certainly hope that's the case. Princess Di is coming up with us in about five to ten minutes, and I can't wait to talk about some of the political news of the day out of Washington and other news affecting our culture with Princess Di. Going to her early because I always feel like we're don't have enough time. So I'm going to be quiet a little bit and get to Princess Di early as we can. Uh, America's Princess of Policy, Diane and me. Another surge in the virus has colleges fearing that a mental health crisis is uh, underway. And this story I read with profound interest, I must admit, I'm not trying to be mean, and I had to really think about how if I wanted to do this story at all, because the first thought that came to my mind, are, what are these college kids whining about now? And their demand for therapy has gone up. They start talking about, this one's in the New York Times, uh, Bergen Community College over in Paramus in Bergen County, um, how the students are asking for more therapy. They need more therapy because, uh, you know, the other COVID COVID affected them so much. They had to, uh, they had to, uh, isolate themselves from other people. They had to work in some cases at home, and and uh, and it was a hard time. And this is what Emily Charles says. He's a sophomore. People are disturbed and scared and scared. It's a hard time for everybody. A lot of us had to grow up pretty quickly this semester. We we had to grow up, you know, because like we're facing like hardships. Like we have to stay indoors with like all of our electronic like gadgets and stuff, and like. We have, like, more stuff than anybody has ever had in history, like, to keep us distracted and keep us from dealing with reality. But, like, it's really, like, hard out there because, you know, like, COVID's, like, out there. And, and like, we need therapy. We need help. We're so, we're so lonely. We're so hurt. We need therapy. And so that's what's going on in colleges. According to the New York Times, it's a huge story, nine pages printed out. Um, and the University of Kentucky officials say they're especially worried about first-year students who seem to have a harder time adjusting than other generations. This generation has had this long adolescent. They haven't been separated from their families. Oh, no, they had to stick around a year more with their family. So, oh, no, they're in terrible mental condition because they had to be with their families. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, they need all kind of help because we have COVID. Poor children. I mean, imagine if these kids had to go through World War II. Imagine if these kids had to go through the Depression. Imagine if these kids had to go through what most kids in other countries that are extremely poverty-oriented, uh, poverty-poor, have to go through every day, wondering where they're going to get their next meal to eat and looking at death all around them. And and these kids have everything in the world by way of material goods, and yet they're running around. We're scared. We're scared, and we're disturbed. It's a hard time because we had to like like stay inside, like, and we couldn't like hang out, like we couldn't go like the spring break, like like normal, like. And so like, oh man, could you like give us some like therapy, please, some therapy? 
What in the world? WABC Talk Radio 77, James Golden, A.K. Snurdy. We're going to take a break. When we come back, Princess Di, don't you dare go away. Entertaining and informative. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, is on the air. 77 WABC. It's time for Radio Royalty with James Golden and America's Princess of Policy, Princess Di. Uh, Your Highness, Your Majesty, Your Royalness, how are you this afternoon? I am so happy to hear your voice, and I have to tell you, I was really agreeing wholeheartedly with what you were saying about the whiners in this new young generation. And I have a working theory that I want to bring back and I want to see what you think of it. Okay. I think we need to bring back the generation gap. Only we need to do it the other way. Don't trust anyone under 30. And I think we need to send these people back to their rooms and let them learn reality. And then we'll let them come out into the adult world when they learn some adult knowledge and behavior i had it with this whining i mean it is i, I need more therapy i had to stay i couldn't hang out with my friends all last year can we have a therapist please i need a safe space can you imagine what our parents would say if we came to them with that crap when we were that age and like I'm of the generation where my father would tell me, if I was hurt, go rub some dirt on it. (laughs) All of this whining and crying is just life. Life is not fair. you got to learn it, and you got to, you know, stiffen your spine. Absolutely. I agree with you 100%. Well, I'm glad because I was I, I started not I was like, I don't want to be mean to these kids, but good grief already. I need a therapist. I need a therapist. Got to be a little bit, not necessarily. It's tough love, you know. You got to get them ready for life. They are not ready for life because they're folding at things that you know, words that they hear. They right. do not. We're not raised with the sticks and stones that like we were. And it's, it's time we we change the dynamic on this a little bit. And I think that they need to be, as I said, sent put back in the corner with the dunce cap. Wait until they learn, and then we'll let them out into the adult world. Now, speaking of the adult world, when they go out, they're going to be driving. And um, there's a story today in the Washington Post. The Washington Post says it's women. That would be you, Princess Doy. I mean, I think you've got all the attributes to be called a woman, don't you? Yeah, you do. I've seen them. Well, I've seen them dressed up, actually. But anyway, um. Women are like, I just don't want anybody to get the wrong idea here. You know, okay. Yeah, women are, yeah, Shirley Mike. Now, that's another story. Um, Women are more likely to die. Oh, no. Women are more likely to die or be injured in car crashes. And there's a simple reason why. (laughs) Oh, yes. Women are victims of unfair crash test dummies. That is what this piece is about. This is by Susan Molinari, who, if you remember, was a representative from New York. She Susan used to be a conservative. Yeah, yeah, she used to be a conservative from Staten Island. Remember? You remember yeah. her father was a big... Uh, yeah, Republican. Pete Molinari. Yeah. yeah. So, anyway, she is still trying to 
keep her hand in, apparently. And so she's involved in this issue on how unfair it is to women that crash test dummies are male. And the, the thesis is that this is the big, mean car companies who deliberately use male crash test dummies, and therefore the, the tests do not show the correct weight or balance or lack of same in f- smaller female forms. And so that people are dying because they have the wrong crash test dummies. Now, this issue has been, I've been reading this stuff for a couple of years now, and it, they seem to trot it out, you know, when the left is doing poorly. I mean, it seems to be a, a kind of change the channel kind of subject. Well, well, the crash test dummies, it's such a non-issue in my opinion, okay, fine. You know, yes, probably you can make the crash test dummies a little more sophisticated and nuanced, etc. But, you know, here's my question. What about the trans crash test dummies? I mean, I think that is such bigotry going on that we don't Ooh. have trans crash test dummies. And so, therefore, I would imagine injuries are just far worse in that community because of the crash test dummy problem. I mean, we need some equity here. We need a whole new set of, and we need some the, they, them, them dummies, too. Zier. You have to say X-I-R, zier. Zier. We need, what is, okay, we need some zier. I don't have no idea what that means. We have, we, no, I don't. Nobody does. Okay, we need some zier dummies, too. Well, that's what Susan Molinari says. She says diversifying the dummy pool would force. <laughs> I can't even believe we're talking about I'm this. I'm telling you, she wrote this seriously that they have to diversify the dummy pool. <laughs> I thought the dummy <laughs> pool got into. I, I am amazed at how people can get into the Washington Post, and this this was what the Washington Post was looking for. Well, I'm amazed at how people can get in the Daily Mail, UK. Yes, okay, I saw you story. sent me a story, and I have to tell you, I was eating at the time and almost lost my lunch. This was such a terrible story. The title is Transgender Dad Who Gave Birth Revealed Nurses Called Him a Mom. And it's another victim story. This transgender person got pregnant and gave birth. Wait a minute, was, wait a minute. I don't understand something. Well, this... this the picture shows this guy-looking person with a beard. I'm not trying to be funny or anything else. Right. That's what the picture shows. If you looked at it without the big of uh, the big belly, that's the pregnant belly. You would think you're looking at a guy, you know, with a beard and all the rest of it. But he's got like this huge belly. He's pregnant. Now, yeah. in the world that I grew up in, guys didn't get pregnant, and so I say to myself, "Hello, self." What's going on here? I've never seen a guy pregnant before. How'd this happen? Who, if he's the, if he's the, if the dad is the dad, if the dad is the mum, then who is the dad? Mummy, I don't understand any of this. Well, apparently, 10 years ago, this person decided that they really weren't a woman. In, the story included photos of this person as a child, as a little girl. Yeah, and his and super, her Superman outfit, ago, yeah. Yes. 10 years ago, decided that this person was a he. So he had all the external uh, parts changed, basically had surgery on the external parts, but still had a uterus. So married a man and then did... Wait a minute. I have to ask you because I don't know these things. 
and this is why I'm so confused. I am so confused. Okay, I am. I'm confused. I don't mean to laugh. I'm sorry. This is culturally distressing, but I don't know. I am confused. You, he had surgery. She. That means she had her area turned into a male thing. If well, you're pregnant and you, they they specified that the upper body was had surgery, so that the so he's no a man on top memories. and a so he's a man on top and a woman on the bottom. Well, taking hormones because clearly he's got a beard. He she has a beard. But if he wants to be pregnant, why wouldn't you want your memories? I don't understand any of this well, anymore. Okay, James, here's the thesis, that it's a cultural construct, a social construct, male and female. And it's only we are assigned a gender at birth, and that is something that is unfair. I don't know who does the assigning. I guess society does the assigning. I think God does the assigning, and that's what the argument is with. But so since gender is not real as you and i understand it this is what the war is against and so they're proving this point by by doing this and having a news story written about it it's not just women who give birth it's not just women who menstruate they've got tampons in college dorms in men's restrooms because of this thesis that not only women menstruate, which is, of course, absurd, but that's what we've got to have free tampax in the guys' bathrooms in the Ivy Leagues. I don't. And I'm not making fun. And I recognize that there are people that have dysphoria. I think that's what they call it. They don't feel comfortable in their condition. Right. I don't feel well, comfortable being... This article, the person whose name is Bennett, Casper Williams, says that he was misgendered by the nurses, and that's what made him feel dysphoric, was they kept calling him mom, because he had just given birth. So the nurses... Well, moms give... This is what I don't... Okay, I guess I'm not going to ever get the answers to this. I don't understand any of this, Diana. I don't understand how you can be a male on the top and a female on the bottom and call yourself a dad. I don't understand how dads can be pregnant. I don't understand why anybody objects to being called a mom if they have a baby go through their vagina, which is the way that most babies, all babies, most babies come into the world. I don't understand this new world. Well, it is also something that is really causing all of society to pretzel. And, and, you know, everyone has to not only accept this thesis, but celebrate it. And how wonderful it is that we don't just have women give birth and women don't only menstruate, but anybody can who feels that that is what they are internally. It's, you know, so you and I are basically throwbacks to old school and we're not going along with the program and that's why they cannot wait until we get off the planet i just read a text a friend of mine said after our first story women dummies the women's movement is going to be up in arms with the demand for more women dummies okay (laughs) congressional black i've always i've always wondered well does that mean that women have more accidents i mean if that's what they're saying is women have more injuries in car accidents well maybe they're bad drivers Oh, no. Oh, my goodness. Well, Diane, I just want you to know something. I mean, I know that you're a woman and that and I just want you to know that um, with the with the story and no one disputes the fact that women apparently die more in, in car accidents and women have a rougher time in cars. And I just want you to know, Diana, that 
I care. You care. Well, that's all that matters these days is that we care. I care. Okay. Now, (laughs) the uh, Congressional Black Caucasians have, um, (laughs) that's what Chris used to call them. I love it. The Congressional Black Caucasians. Uh, the Congressional Black Caucus has called for the Senate to reconvene so that they can pass this uh, uh, this this so-called voting rights scam, this voting rights scam that they have. Um, and apparently the the male Senate, most 50 percent of which is Democrats, have given the uh, Congressional Black Caucus the solitary finger salute. They're not coming back. <laughs> What's why not? This is that's the whole message. I got the same conclusion you did that the Congressional Black Caucus, the CDC, is calling on the Senate to reconvene and to pass this legislation. And there was nothing but crickets in response. There was, it was like, you know, basically Schumer had announced on Monday that the Democrats are going to take up this voting rights legislation in January. But first they had to go on vacation. So clearly this is not a priority to Chuck Schumer or any of the Democrat leadership in the Senate. So the House is putting out this little plea, the CBC in the House saying, please make this as important as you're claiming it is and actually voting on it. And, nope, cactus flying by, whistling in the wind, nothing (laughs) happening. So the importance of this is obvious by the fact that they're doing nothing in the Senate. And I don't even know if they'll do it in January. This was always a change channel thing because they failed at the BBB, at the big legislation that Biden wanted. So they immediately said, oh, well, we're going to do voting rights instead. And of course, it went nowhere because you would have to get rid of what? The filibuster. And you've got a bunch of Democrat senators who aren't going along with that. So this is not going anywhere either. So they're lying to the CBC. They're lying to their voters. And this is not going to happen. Okay, now let's talk Manchin Democrats. Biden's setbacks rattle Democrats facing tough elections. That's the hill. Now, I want to ask you first, is this setback, do you see this as a permanent setback or a temporary setback with Joe Manchin, the maverick, Joe Manchin saying, no, I'm not going along with this massive Build Back Better Welfare Forever bill? Well, you know, they're, they are rattled. It's true because they expected the pressure they were putting on both uh, Mansion and Cinema to work quickly. And you know that I've been pretty cynical about this and thinking that ultimately this is going to pass probably at a lower number than they wanted. But I would not be a bit surprised if this, there's machinations going on during the holiday break and this does happen later. That's why I said, don't go on the roller coaster. The ins and outs of what's, who's up, who's down on this legislation is going to be crazy making if you pay attention to the details. Just wait and see what happens. It looks like, however, Mansion is in a difficult position. Now, I looked back at his record, and it's very interesting. I mentioned to you that he actually is the replacement in the Senate for Robert KKK Sheets Bird, the seat that Bird held for so many decades in the Senate. When Bird died in, in July of 2010, uh, Manchin was governor of West Virginia, and everyone knew that he wanted that seat. And he right. was even thinking about appointing himself. 
but that did not fly. So he actually appointed his 36-year-old chief counsel, Manchin did, who held the seat, was basically a seat warmer for a few months, and then and Manchin ran for the seat in November of that year. Now, he won actually by uh, 60% in 2010 and then in 2018 he in he he then won as a an incumbent in 2012 60 percent in 2018 he won by 49 percent to 46 over the republican he had a spoiler in there the libertarian spoiler got four percent of the vote in west virginia that was the only reason that Manchin was able to win re-election the last time. So West Virginia has changed underneath him dramatically. It was a, you know, under Byrd, it was an old school Democrat state. And now it is Republican. It is a 70-30 Republican state. The other uh, senator was uh, won as a Republican by 70 points. The governor won by 60-some points. Um, Trump won by 70-30. right. Biden's popularity is in the 30s in West Virginia. So, so really, this is the dilemma that Manchin has. He knows he, he really almost got burnt last election. He almost lost. If he hadn't brought in that libertarian to, to siphon off five points, he wouldn't have won. So he's got to really play. And he's a good politician. I mean, he's completely cynical, in my opinion. He's being touted as a hero by our side. And I'm certainly glad he's throwing sand in the gears. However, he is doing this dance of what he needs to do to stay in office. And he is playing the game very well. In fact, better than Biden is playing it. So I... I think he's going to he's going to end up folding, but he's it's going to be seen as a victory because he'll get the numbers down. I say that and and we'll leave it at this. I say that uh, Manchin is doing what we've seen, what we saw Bill Clinton do. It's called triangulation. He is giving the Republicans enough to hang in there and love him. And he's not giving them. That's why he doesn't want to switch parties. He wants to maintain an alliance with the Democrats in his state. Because those are going to help provide. So he's tri- he's he's triangling. He's playing both sides, and that's yep, exactly and what that's he's been he doing. Has no fear. He has no fear because he knows it doesn't matter what all of these lefties threaten him with, you know, calling him racist and whatever. He can just let that roll off his back because they are not the ones who are going to be putting him in office again. Well, Diana, look, my dear, Merry Christmas. Thank you for everything. We all wish you a very Merry Christmas. I'll be talking with you, of course, during the holidays. And we will reconvene here and see what the new New Year's drama is. And thank you, Hope, uh, for your keen analysis always. And we hope you have the greatest, <laughs> merriest Christmas. And certainly Same Mike, too. Same to you. Same to you. <laughs> Merry Christmas to you. And I can't wait to talk to you in the new year. Okay. Diana and me, ladies and gentlemen, our princess of policy. We're going to take a break. Come back. We've got your phone calls lined up and more news. Don't you dare go away. Oh, no, politics. And so much more. A true connection to real New York on 77 WABC. Someday at Christmas, men won't be boys. Playing with moms like kids play with toys. One warm December, our hearts will see. A world where men are free. Mm-hmm. 
Well, that's a statement. Hey. That's a young Stevie. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurdly here with you on WABC Talk Radio 77. We're headed to the phones in mere moments. I just want to run through a few headlines. Criminals stole almost $100 billion in COVID-19 relief payments. That's what the Secret Service says. This is in the Daily Caller. Uh, and it says that there are about 900 active criminal investigations into fraud, into pandemic relief fraud going on right now. My comment on this briefly, if they're saying it's $100 billion that was stolen, it's more. Okay, a lot more. And we'll never know just how much people got away with with these so-called. And if they can't manage, if they can't manage to stop $100 billion in fraud, what do you think is going to happen when they start rolling out this $2.5 trillion, a lot of it in undefined slush that Joe Biden wants to hand out and the Democrats? Chicago mayor who pushed $80 million of defunding the police now pleading for the feds to save her city. That would be Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot. She proposed cutting $80 million million from the police budget, and now she's calling in the federal government to help because, because crime is out of control. And how bad is crime? Here's another headline. This one's from Fox. Santa assaulted in Chicago area amid crime wave. They're going to be on the naughty list. A man dressed up as Santa was pelted with eggs and other. This is in your good old Chicago. How bad is it elsewhere out there? Derek Chauvin, you know him? Yeah, George Floyd. He wants to go to the federal pokey, even though that means it's going to do a lot of time because he knows what will happen to him if he goes to one of the other less safe jails. He has to serve a minimum of 20 years in prison, maximum 25. He's like, nope, I want to go to Club Fed. Please don't send me to the regular state jail. I'd rather be safe. Colorado District Attorney asking the court to reconsider. This case is amazing. They gave this trucker a 110-year sentence because he, the trucker says and claims that he, his semi-truck had brake failure he crashed, ended up killing four people, 18-wheeler. He was convicted, and he was sentenced to 110 years. You know, there's a boycott. Some truckers are not going into the state of Colorado, and even the prosecutors, not the prosecutors, but some others are asking in government for this sentence to be reviewed. Prosecutors, there's another story, don't have it with me, um, that the prosecutors took one of the brake shoes that was evident, and they're like whirling it around like it's a trophy. And they've been reprimanded in the court of public opinion. I don't know what Andrea Mitchell said today, but she blew up on Twitter. Livid, livid, livid liberals at Andrea Mitchell claiming she and Chuck Todd are just terrible because she, act, I think what she did was admit that gas prices are up and that the Biden economy is not going well. And liberals are just totally beside themselves with that. Show producer Rich Radabali sent me this story a few minutes before the show opened today. Mayor de Blasio signs landmark bill to ban combustion of fossil fuels in new buildings. Well, whoa, what does that mean? It means that we can't have any more like coal or, or even, I guess, if it's a fossil fuel, natural gas firing off the new buildings. 
All the buildings are going to have to be electric. This is what Mayor de Blasio wants in New York. No more combustible fuels to heat up and work and do, deliver the energy to buildings. Well, I got news for the mayor with his not-too-bright self. All this means is that there's going to be more demand on fossil fuels because that's where electricity comes from, and that's not going to change. It's like when you plug in your Tesla, your Tesla, where are you plugging it into? A wall. Where's the power coming from? The power plant. How's the power getting their, their power? From fossil fuels. You're not saving the earth. Phones, Rich, good afternoon. Where do we start? Good afternoon, James. Let us begin out on the island and say hi to Diane. Diane, WABC. James here. Welcome. Hi. Pleasure to speak with you. I've been listening to you for years through Rush. Merry Thank Christmas. You. Merry Christmas. Uh, I was calling because when you were talking about the gender dysphoria and things like that, I had a call to have my cousin, my husband get a COVID test because he's supposed to have surgery on the 5th. Mm-hmm. And one of the questions they asked me is, first of all, what, how does he identify or what was his, his birth presentation? And then another question they had to ask me was, is he pregnant? What? I laughed at that. And the guy said, I'm sorry, these are the questions I have to ask. So I said, well, I said to my husband later, I said, if he had asked if you were expecting a child, there could have been a different answer there. <laughs> that was a problem, but <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I couldn't. I could. I just thought that was so incredible that this is like Northwell. This is a big facility in New York, and those are the questions that they have to ask. Wow, the world is turning and changing right underneath our feet. It's just totally it, amazing. It was crazy, and I just, you know, I, I, I thought it was very nice that they were trying to be sensitive to all of our feelings and concerns, but, uh, yeah, that's crazy. They care. They care. <laughs> Diane, Merry Christmas Christmas to you, Diane. Thank you, Rich. Where do we go next? Over to New Jersey, and they'll say hi to Al. Hi, Al. Welcome to WABC Talk Radio 77 with James Golden, a.k.a. Post Nerdly. What's up? Hi, James. Just want to say great show from the morning to the evening. You guys are amazing. But I just want to share my opinion on this this transgender nonsense. You know, it, it doesn't make sense, but... Why aren't why isn't somebody looking at the source? Where where's this where's this coming from? Who's fueling this this agenda for them? They're a very very uh, small group of people, but they're they're getting the attention that you know that that God help us. I mean, we know where we are in this country and what's happening to it. But you you know what happened to the good guys? You know they got Soros. You know, backing all the the evil. Where where's the good billionaires? Look, I don't want to hold, hold on one second. I don't want to call transgender people evil. I don't want to make that distinction. Okay. Did I say did I say they were evil? No. What you did was lump it in though with the good guys and then the other guys. And we were talking about transgender people. And I don't want anybody to get the wrong idea. We're not trying to be mean here. We, what you're asking, what I'm asking, and I like your question though. Where is this? Uh, ideology agenda being fueled from that is a legitimate question and i'm afraid i don't have the answer do you know where it's being fueled from no but what i'm what i'm saying is that you got people like soros fueling 
evil, okay, on all levels. Okay. And you know, we can't get good our good people to come out. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, let me let me use this as a poor, it's an example, but maybe it's a poor example. But look at the Republicans. I'm a Democrat, and I'm so disgusted. I'm I'm changing now to go back to an independent because you can't even you can't even be a Republican today. The Republicans wow. didn't stand behind Donald Trump. Okay, they even turned against him. We had the opportunity. We could have really done something here and turned this country back around. And you know, Donald Trump came out there. Arrogant. He, you know, you, you talked about the, the college kids today talking about, uh, you know, they're whining and, and they're whining because they've become everybody's become so sensitive. You can't say anything anymore without joking. I mean, you know, we, we've allowed this to happen. We're allowing it. We're not. We should. I hear you. Let me just say this about Trump, though, because you made an interesting point. Look, Donald Trump succeeded. Donald Trump got more done for the American people than any other Republican um, since Ronald Reagan and maybe even more than Reagan on confronting China, on dealing with Iran, on that stupid Paris Accord deal, on pushing back on the Obama overregulation of most of our society. He, he finally had brought some security to the nation's borders. He got a lot done with the courts. He got a lot done with business regulations and lowering the regulations for business. Donald Trump's presidency was a success, and that's why liberals had to get him out no matter what. So I hear you, and, and but you are right about this. If those backstabbing Republicans, the rhinos, weren't trying to sabotage Donald Trump, we could have got a lot more done. And that's just what greats, I think, almost every Republican in this base. They recognize what a great president Donald Trump was for this country and how awful he was treated by members of his own party, not to mention the machine of the Democrat Party and their mainstream media allies. You're 100% right, and I agree with you. It's those uh, those people that backdoored him. The, the Democrat, look at what's happening now with the Democratic Party and uh, the, the, the big uh, senator that uh, that's holding his ground against the... Uh, yeah, the, the Maverick. The Maverick, right. Joe Manchin. There you go. Yeah, look at what they're doing to him. That's what we should have did to ours, okay, to the Republicans that went against Donald Trump. There's and no it's not too there. late. By the way, yeah, until 2022, every single of those 12 Republicans that voted for that infrastructure bill, every single one of them needs to be primaried and tossed out. I haven't forgotten about them. Every one of those rhinos needs to go. James Golden, WABC. Got to take a break. We're coming back. More of your calls. Don't you go anywhere. Coming right back. Talk Radio 77, WABC. Now, here's the soul of excellence. James Golden, a.k.a. Bose Nerdly, on 77, WABC. The Ronettes bring us back. Thank you, Rich. We have two days. Two days from now, we'll be at Christmas Eve. And then comes Saturday, Christmas Day. Look, folks, let's make this the best Christmas ever, huh? And I know this has been a tough year. I was just telling uh, some people in my family, you know, this has been the toughest year I have experienced in my life. 
But there's no reason for us to, uh, to, to give in to any kind of depression or anything like that. You know, that's life. Let's just have a great Christmas, everybody. How about this? When you get with the family, none, and if someone starts those, you know, those arguments, those reoccurring arguments they like to bring to the table every year, just shut it down, but shut it down nicely. Look, let's not argue this year. Let's have a great Christmas. Let's have a great Christmas season so that we have some great memories because after the last two years, we sure do need them. Rich, where are we going on the phones? Amen to that, my friend. Let us go to Trumbull and say hi to Trisha. Trisha, hi. What's up? What's on your mind, Trisha? Welcome to WABC well, Talk Radio. Mary, a, a joyous Christmas to you and your loved ones. And what you were saying earlier about the uh, insanity of this gender uh transgender nonsense and i i say it's evil and the further we get away from god in our nation in the world the more insanity and evil there is um i don't know if you heard of him gordon b hinckley uh was one of the past presidents of the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints commonly referred to as mormon but in 1995 he came out and the presidency and the apostles of the church with a proclamation to the world on the family declaring that marriage between a man and woman is ordained of God, the family is central to the Creator's plan for the eternal destiny of His children, and that gender is an essential characteristic of individual, pre-mortal, mortal, and eternal identity and purpose. And it goes on in quite detail about family life and work and and, um, worship and so many things. But have you ever thought about how um, the word God and good are one letter different? Of course, yes. And the word devil and evil are one letter different? I do. But let me just say this, uh, Tricia. I hear and I agree with so much of what you're saying. But I'm going to draw the line for me, and I'm not telling you you have to draw the line for you. You're welcome to think what you think, and I'm glad that this is a place that you can express what you think, okay? But I just want to say for me, I shy away from that evil thing because, look, I people, it's hard for us when we, it is very difficult for us, no matter how we claim intellectually, to put ourselves in someone else's situation. And I've read the stories of, of, of kids who have questioned, in fact, not only read, one of my dear friends uh, when I was younger was a guy who behaved like a girl and who wanted to dress like a girl and to, um, but he was a great guy, but he was obviously different than the rest of us. And of course that got him picked on by most of the, by most of our class, but he was still a great, and he was still my friend and I didn't care. Okay, I thought he was a little different, and some of it I didn't understand, but he wasn't evil. He was different. And so there are people that are different, and it's so hard for us to understand people who at their fundamental core are different than we are. They think differently. They're wired differently. Look at the way that autistic sometimes people, and look at the way that people with Tourette syndrome are wired differently. And some of them can accomplish so much more because their brains are wired differently than ours. So I, the only distinction that I make is drawing, is calling up that evil, because I don't think that's evil. 
I think it's different. And I think that we have to accommodate people that are different, but that doesn't mean that society has to be turned over backwards with the tyranny of the minority. I think that society can, these things that you're talking about, the family, God, man, women, gender, look, these things go back even beyond Christianity, of course. They go back through almost every organized religion in the world and every spiritual belief and ideology in the world. This goes back. It goes back to the yin and yang. It goes of, of, of Confucianism and Taoism. You can find it through Yainism. You can find it through Hinduism. You can find it in almost any of the world's religions, Sikhism. You see the same things pop up, whether it's Judaism, all of it. These, these ideas about what gender is and, and God's relation to human beings, these things go back throughout human history. And it is only now in this age that we're living in that people want to turn all of that on its head and say that it's wrong. And I'm sorry, those things are not wrong. Okay, and I agree with you on that. So, Tricia, I love the call. Very thoughtful. And I love your call so much, and I hope you call again. and hope you have the merriest and joyous, as you say, the most joyous Christmas ever. Where do we go next? We're going to go back to White Plains and say hi to our friend Drew. Hi, Drew. Hey, Drew, what's up, man? How are you? I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. Question for you, Bo. And um, let me ask you a question. Were you at WABC in, in the early 2000s? I was at WABC, yes. I, look. I was the last music director of WABC and their first talk producer. I've been, my history with WABC goes way back. Okay, and I'm about to, and I'm about to break it down to you while I'm asking you that. Do you remember Daryl Brown? He was, of course. Daryl Brown was one of, look, Daryl Brown was one of the most amazing executives over at ABC Networks. Yeah. Okay. So my mother used to sell you guys show. I don't know if you remember her. She was a salesperson for you guys, Adrian McWilliams. Oh wow. Okay. Wow. You you, you remember her? Yeah, but we're getting too inside her? baseball for most people. This is good for a conversation. Okay. What what's the and, and we need to talk about this because we know people in common. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's my mother. So I asked her one time. I said, Ma, how was it working with Rush? I said because. I believe, from what the media portrayed, he's a racist. And she said, well, Drew, Rush always had a black producer. She said it was about theater of the mind. She said Rush wasn't a racist. She said same thing with Sean Hannity. She said her and Sean Hannity had an hour debate one time when Sean Hannity blasted Danny Glover when he said Danny Glover couldn't get a cab. So... When people say things like that about Rush or portray him to be a racist, how does that make you feel? And was there certain comments that you didn't like, like even Barack the Magic Negro song? I really want your insight on that. I loved the Barack Magic Negro song because if anyone ever listened to it, they would realize that it came from the Los Angeles Times, a column, and it mm. says so in the lyrics. And, that, mm. and it also said the point that Al Sharpton which is why he was used as the figure in that song made. That Barack wasn't an authentic black because he didn't go through the civil rights movement. The song was total parody on what liberals were saying about Obama. And that's why I loved it so much. Not to mention it was a great performance, you know. 
Okay, Rush being a racist, nothing could be further than the truth. The man was colorblind. He just cared about merit. And the same with Sean, who's a dear friend of mine, and so many others. Look, it's easy to call somebody a racist because then you don't have to engage them intellectually on the issues. And that's what Democrats have made a profession of doing. They call people names because they don't want to engage people on the issues that they are wrong about. And the people that call Rush and everyone else these names, they don't listen to the program. They don't know these people. Rush was one of the most decent human beings that ever walked the face of the earth. And I will love that man through eternity, period. Okay? His legacy, he's going to be the goat of talk radio and of American media, greatest of all time. And that's why it's important for those of us who love these people We need to write their legacies and tell their legacies and not leave it up to the hateful left to do it. Drew, thanks for the call. I so appreciate it. Thank you. So with all of that said, two days and then Christmas Day, let us make this the most incredibly joyous, wonderful, beautiful Christmas of our lives. Do it for the children. (laughs) <laughs> James Golden, a.k.a. Sterling, with you here. Pennsylvania, Connecticut, New Jersey, New York. We are the greatest city in the world. We are New York City strong. America, the greatest nation humanity has ever witnessed in history. Remember that and let's love it every day. God bless and protect you and your family. <laughs>